Hello and welcome into another edition of your favorite podcast, Burgers and Brats. Exciting weekend of March. Final score is set. And I don't think anyone predicted this. Except for me, of course. Uh, for for it all start, I said, yeah, I'm going to have San Diego State, Miami, and UConn, and FAU. I predicted it. You know. Just go back, listen. I predicted it. Not nah, just kidding. But uh, going to be breaking down the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 action from this past weekend. We'll have another episode later out this week before the Final Four and the NCAA Championship. I'm going to be talking about that and some sports news, including Lamar Jackson requesting a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, the MVP is looking for greener pasture or a better flock, if you get it. Uh, going to be breaking all that down and more. Make sure you follow the podcast on any platform at Burgers and Brats. That's Burgers Ampersand Brats. And stay up to date with the latest news on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Burgers and Brats. Go give us five stars. A uh, nice review on Apple Podcasts. Make us happy over here. Uh, this podcast sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. Need your eyes checked? Go get that annual eye exam. Uh, should get it more than, an- more than annually, but go get it checked at Hefner Eye Care. Located on Northwest 132nd Street in Oklahoma City. Great, great facility. Great people to look at your eyes. People that know what they're doing. Uh, go there all the time. Got a lot of friends that go there. Have great styles of glasses, sunglasses. Go get your contacts. Go check them out and schedule your eye exam at 405-728-8853. That's 405-728-8853. All right. Let's dig into it. Let's start with the Sweet 16. Just going to be breaking down some of these games, going over what happened uh, from this weekend. And, I mean, let's start where I lost two one-seeds back-to-back games. Or my two championship teams back-to-back games. Uh, No one really had a busted bracket because it had already been busted many (laughs) last week, the week before, two games in. But if you made a Sweet 16 bracket, that bracket was busted one game in and then two games in. Uh, it's just been an incredible, an incredible March Madness. Nothing like we've ever seen before. Uh, there were a total, out of 20 million, there were a total of 37 correctly picked Final Fours. 37 out of 20 million. And I'm sure 37 of those were just chalked in, uh, just those random brackets. So that is just remarkable, the amount of upsets and these teams making it to the Final Four. Major props to the four that have made it. Uh, Let's start with the number one overall seed, Alabama, just getting their doors blown off by the Aztecs of San Diego State. San Diego State uh, in the lead pretty much this entire game. Uh, San Diego State only had two more or three more field goals made than Alabama. I, but only three, they had three more three-pointers. But Alabama, three of 27 from the three-point line. Three of 27. If you don't make, starting out like 20, 20 has got to be the max here before you just got to start driving. I mean, Brandon Miller, just awful this March Madness. I think he went eight of 24 the entire March Madness. That, that's not what you need from your star player and a potentially number one overall pick. I think that does hurt his draft stock. A little bit in this 
Uh, both teams pretty even from the free throw line. Uh, Alabama actually out-rebounded the Aztecs uh, off the glass. Aztecs, though, nine steals and eight blocks with a few less turnovers. So, I mean, it's a game of possession, small possessions. I mean, if you get hot from three-point line, you got to know when to shoot from outside and know when to stop shooting from outside. If it's cold, it's gonna, it's just going to stay cold. Uh, so you got to stop shooting out there. Alabama, though, number one overall seed losing in the Sweet 16. This is the first time since 1979 that not a single one seed made it to the uh, past the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight. First time since 1979. Incredible. Just incredible the March Madness we've been in. Uh, Aztecs, major props to them. I mean, no one thought they could go this far, I think. I had them losing. I had them losing. I had them winning the first round, so give them props there. I had them losing to Virginia in the next round. And they are playing phenomenal basketball. I mean, 71 points against a really good Alabama team. They had 75 the week before. Only held a 63 in the round of. in the uh, first round. Uh, so, major props to Arizona State. This team looks very dangerous. Uh, we talk in their Elite Eight game in just a little bit. But you also had Creighton versus Princeton. I mean, everyone was rooting for Princeton in this one. Uh, I know I for sure was. Seeing an Ivy League school get into the Sweet 16 was awesome. A uh, 15 seed nonetheless as well, getting in that far. Uh, but I uh, just couldn't get it against the, going against the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, only two less field goal attempts. Both teams even. On the three points, uh, Creighton though just uh, got to the foul line a little more and knew how to get down low, get some, get some fouls called on Princeton, just couldn't match up down there, and then they got out rebounded by eleven. You're not gonna win games getting out rebounded by that many, especially in March Madness. Uh, so uh, got their offensive rebounds, uh, got the putbacks, and uh, got to get offensive rebounds if you're Princeton. That's that's how you win the games down here. I mean, a good big man will win you, will get you pretty far in March Madness. Uh, both teams are pretty even uh, for everything. Creighton even had seven more turnovers than Princeton, and they still end up winning by eleven. But Princeton zero blocks on the game. You had to have a few blocks. See, no download presence for Princeton there. Uh, I mean, they had two go- scores in. Uh, in the 20s, but everyone else was seven and under in their starting lineup. So three of their starting five had seven or less points. You're not going to win games when your starting players do not put up more than seven. Seven. Uh, Looking at Creighton, they got help from everyone. Uh, Everyone besides one is in uh, double digits, and he was just at nine points. And then you had three of them at 20 or above from the total points. So help from your whole team. It's a team game in basketball. That's how you win these games overall. Impressed by Creighton. I mean, had them, I had them winning the first round, had them losing to Baylor, but they came out and just put up 85 and then 86 in their next two games. So, I mean, this Creighton-San Diego State matchup should have been very high scoring. But uh, Creighton looked really good. I mean, they were a top 10 preseason team uh, heading er, before the season started. So, I mean, they weren't under the radar. Yes, they ended up as a sixth seed. 
But, I mean, everyone knew who they were. Or we knew what they were capable of. So, all right, let's go to the other side of the bracket. We got, let's start with, well, actually, we got a few other games to talk about, Sweet 16. Uh, FAU and Tennessee, that game was phenomenal. FAU, I mean, they're down first half, came back and put it to the Volunteers. Uh, both, both, they got to the foul line. That was the big main of success. Uh, six more free throws. Got their off, got them out, rebound, and then both teams even exactly even in field goals, so twenty one field goals. But Tennessee thought was thought had a really good chance of going far, especially after their dominant win over Duke. Uh, but the Owls, I mean, they made their first ever March Madness, and they made it all the way to the Sweet Sixteen, or I mean, they made it further than that, but. Uh, to make it to the Sweet 16 without ever winning a March Madness game is very impressive because you don't know what it's like. I mean, obviously some of these players wouldn't have been around for... Obviously you have new players every year is what I'm trying to say. So, But the culture fit, uh, knowing March Madness, uh, Tennessee's been in March Madness before. So, uh, and they, I mean, they beat a really good team in Duke. So Tennessee just kind of slowing down in the second half, letting FAU come in and... Uh, just dominate the second half and the ninth seed advancing to the Elite Eight. And then first game of Sweet 16 was incredible. Kansas State defeating Michigan State 98-93. Kansas State uh, shooting 56% from the field. For, uh, both, I mean, Michigan State shot 52% from three. Kansas State 46%. And then Michigan State also got to the line, seven more free throw attempts. And then Kansas State... Also out-rebounded them. So, I mean, Michigan State should have won this game. And, uh, I mean, to have it go to overtime, just that back and forth uh, in between. And then also not getting a shot off is uh, props to Kansas State for sure. But um, Johnson and uh, Noel, just incredible, incredible games uh, from them in that in the end, Madison Square Garden. Uh, Noel returning home to New York, so he put out a show for his hometown crowd. Uh, Kansas State uh, looks really good. I, th I thought this would be a really good game, and it, it really was. Uh, so uh, that was a really fun Sweet 16 matchup. And another matchup we were really, we were really, uh, <laughs> really lucky to see in the Sweet 16 was Gonzaga-UCLA. And, man, UCLA with a 13-point lead at the half. Gonzaga storming back, taking the lead, having the lead by about 10. And then UCLA going on a 10-1 run in 41 seconds to take a one-point lead. Just incredible. I mean, every time these two teams meet in uh, in March in, in March Madness, I mean, they met, uh, I believe, uh, two years ago for the Final Four. Jalen Suggs, half-court buzzer beater to send him uh, to the championship. Just incredible. Uh, this game <laughs> is just as good. I mean, both teams so evenly matched. Uh, Gonzaga, exactly 50% from the field. Both teams shooting at 38% from three. Uh, pretty even uh, free throw percentage, but this is how Gonzaga won. I feel like 
every time we saw Gonzaga miss a shot, they were getting rebounds. They were getting the rebounds, getting those second chance points. Every time uh, Gonzaga shot, Drew Timmy was down low, getting the ball. He was down low, doing that little uh, floater. It was perfect basketball by Gonzaga. 50 rebounds to 26 rebounds for Gonzaga. You're getting out-rebounded by 25. You're not going to win games. You are not. You shouldn't even be that close in a basketball game. You get out-rebounded by 25. You should be losing by more than double digits. But you said he's a really good team, and they stayed in it. I mean, they had that big lead. Should not have given up that lead. Uh, but thing, it, crazy things happen in March. So. That was that was a phenomenal game against Gonzaga with the incredible shot uh, from the S in March Madness to send their team to the Elite Eight. It, it, I can't can't explain how good that game was. Uh, watching this made me stand up out of bed because it was so good. Uh, great play call. I mean, no one's expecting the guy to shoot from the S in March Madness. If he doesn't make it, it's a terrible play call. But since he made it, really really good and. It, it was some fun basketball to watch. Gonzaga is always fun. So is UCLA the last few years. All right. Uh, Arkansas-UConn. Uh, UConn just domination, man. Domination. Ain't much to say. 88-65 over Arkansas. Uh, fi- shot 58% from the field. Hug Arkansas to 32% from the field. So they're shooting uh, that much better. <laughs> You're going to win some basketball games. Uh UConn is just the most dominant team right now. Uh, they are they won every game by 15-plus points. That is nothing you do in March Madness. That is not something you do in March Madness. So it was good to see that. Uh, they're getting it done on the rebound. <coughs> on the rebounds, getting the steals, getting their blocks, limiting their turnovers, and they're shooting at a high percentage from uh, inside the arc and outside the arc. So that's, that's all you really got to say about UConn. Uh, Texas taking down Xavier. Uh, yeah, I think we all expected Texas to make it this far. They just look good against Xavier. 83-71 win. Pencil them in to the Elite Eight. Uh, and then, I mean, final game, Sweet 16, or first, second game of Sweet 16, but final game I'm talking here. Houston losing just in embarrassing, embarrassing fashion to Miami. Lost my runner-up right there. They shot 37% from the field. Miami hot, 52%. <coughs> Miami only 29% from three. Both teams even in free throws and rebounds. Houston even got more offensive rebounds. Same amount of assists, uh, same blocks, a few more turnovers. But, I mean, this game evenly matched in the stat line. But, man... Uh, I think Miami was up by about 20-ish for most of this game. Houston kind of made it close at the end, but I mean, as close as they could by 14, but Miami, just complete dominant fashion. Didn't even pick them in most brackets getting out of the first round. So, let's talk Elite 8. Let's start with uh, what we all saw the other night with Gonzaga, or no, with San Diego State and Creighton. Um, I did like the I like the Blue Jays. I, I kind of wish they would have won uh, that 
I, I, I like the Blue Jays, but I, I, I'm not mad that the Aztecs won. Their, I mean, this is their first ever uh, Elite Eight appearance, Final Four appearance now. But getting a 57-56 win over Creighton when I, mean, I, I, felt, I felt bad watching the last few seconds. Uh, Arizona State player throws the ball in, overthrows him. Creighton gets it, puts it in for a layup. You're like, oh, I feel bad for that player. He's going to remember this for the rest of his life because they just lost because of that. Uh, and then <coughs> the Aztecs get the ball with about, what, five or ten seconds left or so, uh, driving a little mid-range jumper foul call on Creighton. Uh, the trailer has his left hand on the player going up for the block with uh, his dominant hand, and they call a foul. It was a foul. You hate you you hate it being called, but it has to be called there. You gotta call the game how it's supposed to be called, whether it's two minutes in or two seconds left, because that's how it's supposed to be officiated. It not yes, most officials swallow the whistle. Maybe they don't call it in the middle of the game, but it, it's it's the right call. It was an obvious foul, I believe. It sucks that it ends that way. That player is going to be traumatized for the rest of his life for making that mistake and grabbing onto the jersey and uh, not giving his Creighton Blue Jays a chance to go to the Final Four. So it is the right call for that referee to make. It, it sucks to see it uh, at the end when there's two seconds left in the game, but it had to be called. It had to be called and... Props to Arizona State for toughing out uh, when it could have just gone downhill at the end. I mean, they had a large lead. They had a 10-point lead or so with about five minutes left in that game. Uh, so collecting themselves at the end. But right call at the end of the basketball game. I mean, and if you're these two teams, <laughs> I have a low percentage amount of threes, but Creighton, 2 of 17 from 3. You're not going to win a game. Shooting 2 of 17 from 3. And these teams really, I mean, and talking about the ref, <coughs> there was a total of 17 free throws in this game. Most other games we saw had each team over 17 free throws. So this game was really well officiated. And I, I mean, the Aztecs only went to the line six times. So they only went to the line four times for that final foul call, while Creighton went to the line seven, 11 times. So it... There really wasn't any favoritism there. The refereeing wasn't calling fouls all night, uh, but he did call that last one and the one that put the nail in the coffin for Creighton. Yeah, I think Doug McDermott, or not Doug McDermott, but Greg McDermott owes an apology to the officials and everyone for going after him so hard. I the, the ref should have te the officials should have teed him up. I mean, four times at least during that going after everyone. <coughs> so that is my opinion on that. Uh, San Diego State making the Elite Eight. I mean, both these teams, I mean, Creighton put up uh, 72, 85, 86, and they put up 56 in the Elite Eight. So don't get mad at the official for calling that game. You put up 56 points, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose that game. Uh, so don't blame them for that. Uh, and San Diego State, not a great defensive team. So... Uh, that that's just my opinion on that. 
56 points, you're going to lose a basketball game. And then Miami versus Texas. Miami getting an 88-81 to 81 win in the Elite Eight. Ooh, I loved it. I loved it. A Texas choke job. I mean, they were up by 10 with four minutes or so left. And they shot 50% from the field. Miami shot 60% from the field on 11 less shots. <coughs> Miami, 11 less shots than Texas, and they win by seven. But here's the thing. Miami went to the line 32 times, 28 of 32. That is how you win basketball games, ladies and gentlemen, getting to the foul line and making your shots. Even the players who were in the 70%. We're making their free throws at the end of the game. And can we talk about, um, let's talk about Jordan Miller, 27 points, 7 of 7 from field goals, and 13 of 13 from free throws. That man was perfect, literally perfect the other night. So major props to Jordan Miller for Miami. And this Miami team, 2 of 8 from 3. So they made it up on the free throw line, 2 of 8, while Texas took 25 three-point attempts. So you got to know where your advantages and disadvantages are. Uh, Miami's got some shooters, but hey, it wasn't hidden, so let's go low, get Texas in foul trouble, go to the free throw line, and make our free throws and win this game. Uh, it rebounds pretty, uh, pretty even. Miami with a few more assists. Both teams with only one block uh, on the game. Turnovers just about even as well. So props to Miami coming back and winning that game against Texas. And then Florida Atlantic versus Kansas State. Whoo, Florida Atlantic in the Elite Eight for the first time. Going to the Final Four for the first time. Getting a crazy win over the Kansas State Wildcats. FAU holding Kansas State without even a final shot on the game. <coughs> Counting Johnson, uh, only nine points uh, did foul out towards the end. And then you had uh, Marquise Noel, the star for Kansas State. Made a huge name for himself. Maybe made some money this year. Uh, he had 38, 30-8. And 12 or no sorry 30 33 and 12 sorry about that uh for the game so this man has been balling all tournament great another great elite eight game but just fell up short by three uh in this game i mean both teams pretty even statistically kansas state just couldn't make their free throws 12 18 you got a 66 percent you got to be better than that in march madness and you got out rebounded by 22 what i say earlier uh, you can't win games when you get out-rebounded by 20-plus. It's not going to happen. Maybe you can keep it close if you go to the free-throw line, but you're not going to win basketball games getting out-rebounded by 20. So uh, there's that as well. Kansas State magical run comes to an end against the Owls, man. The Owls going to the Final Four. And then final <coughs> elite game on here, UConn versus Gonzaga. And like I said, UConn. Dominant every win by 15 plus, uh, and they beat Gonzaga by 28. They beat the highest offensive team of efficiency in the league by 28 points. I mean, they only shot they shot 41 percent. 
Gonzaga shot 33%. Uh, but Gonzaga, 2 of 20 from three-point field, from three-point arc. 2 of 20, 10% from three-point arc. <laughs> can't, can't win games, man. Can't go cold in these games. You can get hot. It's going to catch up. Yes, it's going to catch up to you. But 2 of 20, yeah, you're not going to win a basketball game. You also get out-rebounded by 8. So, Drew Timmy, uh, one of the best ever in college basketball. Uh, it was so much fun watching what he did. But he only had 12 points. He only had, he had zero three-pointers, 10 rebounds, though, uh, but only five field goals. On the, and he only had two free throws. So, he couldn't get a line, couldn't make shots, didn't shoot that much. Needed a bigger presence from Drew Timmy in this game. Major props to UConn for taking him away. So, Final Four is set. You got <coughs> you got Miami versus Connecticut, five versus four. And you got San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic University, five versus nine. Uh, these three of the teams, San Diego State, FAU, and Miami, first time ever making it to the Final Four. Uh, this is the first time since, I believe, 1970. There are three brand-new teams in the Final Four. So an incredible March Madness. So much fun to watch. And it is going to be... It's not as hype, I don't think, as the previous Final Fours. I mean, last year you had a bunch of big names. You had Duke, North Carolina battling out in the Final Four. You did Kansas in there. So uh, it's not going to be as big time as the last few years. But it's new blood. And it's going to be fun to watch these teams. And hopefully a brand new team gets a national championship. The last time UConn was here, they won it. So uh, could get a brand new champion this year. It's, it's going to be fun starting this weekend. Uh, have a, I'll have a podcast out this Friday going over uh, the final four picks and national champion uh, predictions. So uh, that is the March Madness. And it's been madness. All right, let's move on this day, sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. Uh, in 31, yeah, the year 31, uh, known as the first Easter. Yeah, first Easter happening that long ago. It's been a while. Uh, 1959, Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe uh, premieres. So, great movie. Uh, the, the legend, the goat, Marilyn Monroe, and Some Like It Hot. 1959, guys. It's been a while. And then 1795, yeah, we're throwing it back on this one too. Uh, Ludwig Beethoven was only 24 when he had his debut performance as a pianist in Vienna. 1795, only 24. I'm not there yet, but I'm almost there. <coughs> All right, happy birthday to give out. We got Fergie, Quentin Tarantino, Vince Vaughn, and the legend Reba McIntyre, the Okie, Reba. So some good birthdays to give out there on the state, sponsored by Hefner Eye Care. All right, let's talk some sporting news. Lamar Jackson re officially requesting a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so Lamar tweeted out on Twitter, obviously on Twitter, a letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all of the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization. 
<coughs> for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value and and any and everyone that has met me or been around me know I love the game of football. My dream is to help a team to win a Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore, Flock Nation, and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. So, Lamar Jackson officially requesting a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. March 2nd, man. It's been a while. Uh, crazy just now coming out uh, this far. I mean, it actually is pretty crazy that it's just now coming out. Uh, I mean, that and that he put it out there as well. Uh, no leaks or anything. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, MVP in 2019. I... 2019, 15 games, 13 and 2. Uh, he was 66% completion percentage, 30, uh, 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns. 36. And then on that was passing on rushing, 176 attempts, 1,200 yards. His average was 6.8, and he had 7 touchdowns guys this was only a few years ago this was only a few years ago Lamar Jackson is still worth a lot of money I mean <clears throat> each year uh, in the last let's see from 2018 to 2022 he got injured last year rushing 727 attempts 4400 yards his average 6.1 yards per carry and 24 touchdowns. So, I mean, this man can still ball. This man is a great player. Maybe he's a running back. Maybe he's a quarterback. But he can definitely run the ball. Uh, total for passing. Uh, he's played 61 career games. He's played 61. This man is 45 and 16. Zero ties. That is a good record for a quarterback. And, I mean, this team has not been... They've had good players. They haven't been super stacked. Maybe a year or two. Uh, 2019, uh, they, they pretty much were, but uh, 45 and 16 is a really, really good average, uh, record, especially in today's world where, where we are going through quarterbacks left and right. Uh, it's really good for him, uh, for any quarterback. Uh, completion, he's had, he's got 63 career completion percent, uh, percentage. So, I mean, his best was in 2019, but every other year it's been 64 64, 62. So he is in the 60% completion percentage category. He's got 12,200 yards passing. Um, <coughs> 17, or 101 touchdowns. I mean, 2020 and 26. 2021, he had 16. 2022, he had 17. So this man is a, is a legit threat in the passing game. A total for rushing, 727 attempts. Uh, yeah, already, yeah, I already went over that. So, 4,400 yards, 24 touchdowns. So, this man is a rusher. This man is a passer. He can do it all. I pay Lamar Jackson the money he is owed. You are going through quarterbacks left and right in this league, trying to bring in the next, I mean, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. It's not happening. What we're seeing, it, it's just not happening. Uh, you'll get lucky, 
But, I mean, all these top picks we're seeing aren't working out. I mean, Jordan Love hasn't got his opportunity. Maybe he'll get it this year. Uh, Zach Wilson didn't work out. Uh, who else we got? I mean, Josh Rosen didn't work out. Sam Darnold didn't work out. Uh, Daniel Jones, maybe you can say that. Yeah, they got a playoff win, but I, I guess uh, maybe he's the future there. Uh, and these, these other quarterbacks. I mean, the guy from Ohio State a few years ago uh, that came out as well was he didn't work out. I mean, all these young quarterbacks, they're not working. Uh, we'll see about this year with Bryce Young and C.J. Shroud. And then, I mean, quarterbacks weren't really taken last year. Uh, Malik Willis, maybe. Maybe it works out there. Uh, but this man is a proven baller. He's a proven MVP. Pay the man some money, guys. It, if Denver didn't have uh, Russell Wilson right now in his big contract, I mean, even not right now, I'd take uh, Lamar Jackson over Russell Wilson I, I, easily. So... It sucks to see Lamar uh, not get paid what he's owed. Maybe it's because he didn't have a <clears throat> he doesn't have a agent. Um, maybe he should have gone that route. Who knows? But the man should get paid uh, whatever he wants. Uh, MVP, still an MVP type player. I mean, he could have went back to back. He could have won two already in his short. Uh, four or five year career so Lamar Jackson uh, requesting a trade from the Ravens I mean uh, Gucci Mane a close friend of Robert Kraft and Lamar Jackson says Lamar Jackson t Gucci Mane said I want to go play for the Patriots okay go to the Patriots I mean the Patriots are the worst team in the uh, in their division I, and also, see, talking about Tua as well. Don't know if that's panned out yet. A lot of people aren't sold. I'm pretty sold on Tua, but that hasn't officially worked out yet. Um, I am, I'm high on, I, I think Lamar Jackson, Bill Belichick could be a fun fit. I mean, Bill Belichick brought in Cam Newton a few years ago. It, it worked for a little bit, uh, but you could see Bill Belichick will take on the maybe the more durable rushing quarterback. I mean, Cam Newton was bigger, stronger, but Lamar Jackson can still do the same things. Get run the ball when he needs to. He can still pass the ball efficiently, uh, and you see. So Bill Belichick will take that chance. He's open to new ideas now. I mean, with the quarterback, and they are not sold. I mean, Mac Jones, another obvious uh, answer. I mean, he hasn't panned out yet. He hasn't done anything yet. So can't take these chances on these quarterbacks. Go get a known certified baller in Lamar Jackson. Uh, but Patriots could be interested. I, that would ultimately bring them up in that division because they are terrible in that division. They are not good uh, in there. Uh, also, the Jets, maybe? Maybe the Jets. Maybe they don't go Aaron Rodgers. Who knows? I don't know what's happening there. And then the Washington Commanders, Dan Snyder, can throw money at anything. Uh, they've got Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett as their quarterbacks. you got a good head coach in Ron Rivera. Bring in Lamar. Maybe you got a few, you got a few weapons in Washington uh, with the Commanders and defense looks okay. So and I mean you'll have to face off against the Eagles in that division, but 
can easily beat the Giants, I believe, and Cowboys. I mean, with Dak, you can you can run the table in that division. Not a super super hard division, maybe going into next year. I think it's a really good division, but maybe not super hard. I uh, could go to Washington with some talent and good head coach. I think Ron, Ron Rivera would be awesome for him. I mean, he coached Cam Newton. He coached Cam Newton to their Super Bowl in that uh, one-loss season. So Ron Rivera knows how to deal with a running quarterback. I like him going to uh, the Commanders. That would be an awesome fit. And then also the Colts. I mean, their their quarterback situation is not good at, at all. I mean, they had Matt Ryan, uh, old quarterback, but not worth anything anymore. Bringing Lamar, you got some weapons on the outside. You got a really good running back with Jonathan Taylor if he's come back healthy. Good, okay defense. Uh, had one of the best defenses in the league for a few years. So uh, some of these teams that could be really good fits and maybe ends up back in the Ravens if they offer more than he wants. <coughs> but... I really like if he'd go to the Commanders. I think that would be a really good fit uh, there. I mean, I think anywhere he goes, he can make a good fit. He can make a mountain out of a molehill for Lamar Jackson. So pay the man, Lamar Jackson, requesting a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. All right, that is the podcast. Let's move into final segment, who I'm sharing my burger and brought with. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's March Madness. But on the women's side, uh, Caitlin Clark from Iowa Wielded her team to a Final Four appearance off of 41 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds. No one ever, no one ever has had a 30 or 40 point triple-double in women's March Madness history. And she had 41 points. Caitlin Clark, balling for Iowa, uh, looking to make a championship uh, appearance next weekend. So... Kaylin Clark, 41 points. First ever women's triple-double of 30 or 40. I mean, obviously first one of 40 uh, in women's March Madness history. Share my burger and bar with her. Bring her to the men's side because what I'm seeing from the men's side, it's not that good of basketball. There are a few players, but it's not it's not great basketball from what I'm watching on the men's side. All right, that's it. Uh, breaking down Sweet 16 Elite 8 matchup and Lamar Jackson news. Going to be back later this week with a full Final Four and Final NCAA championship prediction uh, this weekend. So, th- thank you all for listening. Hopefully, your bracket, maybe you got this bracket right. Maybe you're one of the 37 that uh, got a Final Four correct. But thank you all for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast on any platform at Burgers and Brats. Anywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, Pandora, literally anywhere. You get your podcast at Burgers and Brats. And stay up to date with us on Twitter, Twitter, and YouTube. Burgers and Brats. Thank you.